Welcome to Spiritual Psychotherapy. My name is Mia, or officially Dr. Mary Patricia Quinn Niven. And this podcast is all about you having the opportunity to ask any questions or topics you may be interested in that we can then discuss. Spiritual psychotherapy in itself is really about learning to recognize that we are one self, that we are this one divine love and to hold ourselves and others as that. And of course that's a very long journey and it does involve letting go of layers of ego slowly and patiently and with great kindness. And that's what this is all about. So if you have a topic or a question that you would like to send in to me, please check out my website at livingawarenesswa.com or my Facebook page, Living Awareness WA. I've just started an Instagram page too, which is also Living Awareness WA. And you can connect with me on any of those platforms. I would love to hear from you. So today's topic is all about healing from trauma. And I've just had a feeling over the last week or so that that's what I wanted to talk about because it has been a little topical with some clients and in one of my group sessions. And healing from trauma is obviously a very big topic and it does require, well, first of all, a great deal of kindness and compassion to self and a lot of patience, but it also does require a lot of willingness to work on those things that are going to bring us peace, that are going to lead us out of this state of chronic mm, anxiety, tension, being triggered that many people are caught in who are healing from trauma. So it does, it takes courage, it takes compassion, it takes application. All of those things are going to be there. And I thought I'd talk about it in three main areas. And the first is changing the way we think and feel about trauma. The second is addressing our current life because that's really important. And the third is just the list of tools that we're going to need to use to move on and to heal so starting with the first one, and it's about changing patterns of thought and feeling. And I know this may sound really challenging, but many humans who are caught in trauma are stuck in a pattern of continuously ruminating over the story, the difficulty, the pain, the hurt, the perhaps aggression of another and along with that, the emotions that go with that, the anger, the blame, the pain. And many of you would recognize or at least be starting to recognize that staying in those patterns of ruminating over the story, wanting to blame, holding on to anger, really just doesn't serve to help us heal. And I want to let you know that I'm speaking from personal experience here. You know, in, in my life, I have had to learn the hard way that 
holding on to resistance to a situation or annoyance or frustration just doesn't serve me. And it can still come up. I don't want you to think I'm completely immune to it. But at least these days I attempt to catch it and notice it and in fact notice it very compassionately and then gently start to move on from it. Not perfect at it yet though. So this is never about judging ourselves when we're caught in a certain pattern or judging our emotions. Our emotions are human and acceptable and I'll be teaching you later how to work with those. It's more about how do we start to shift things so that healing is going to occur. And I love this story that I heard about the Dalai Lama years ago. I'm not sure who I heard it from, but the Dalai Lama was asked why he is not angry with the Chinese, given that the Chinese, of course, have taken over Tibet and he is living in exile in northern India and his people are still living without freedom and with some persecution and it's obviously incredibly painful. So anyway, the Dalai Lama was asked why he is not angry with the Chinese and he said, they've taken my country, why would I let them take my happiness? And you know, that's just a beautiful example of that if we stay stuck in that anger, that blame, that continuous judgment of another that has caused harm to us, we are the ones that are going to stay stuck in suffering. And what I want to use here when I'm talking about how we go about changing the way we think about a period of trauma, um, I'm going to use something called true forgiveness, which is taught by the Course in Miracles. And it is just such a beautiful way of moving on. And it's something that Isaira, who has been a beautiful guide for me, has, she just lives the example of this continuously. And so what true forgiveness is all about, and I have to give you a little bit of background. And first of all, it's about recognizing that this physical experience that we are having, this life, is like a dream, like Arasaira calls it a dreaming, a happening. And it means that, so it's a bit like there's this background source, which is spirit, God, whatever you want to call it, divine love, that is always there, continuously, safe, whole, we are this, this is the source of everything. And we are dreaming, we are separate. So that this life that we're experiencing is like a dream. And so if you imagine your mind creating a dream at night and you believe it to be 100% real while you're in it, and just imagine you do something in that dream or perhaps you do something bad to someone else or someone else does something bad to you and then you wake up and you think oh thank god I didn't really do that so it's really exactly like that we are dreaming this appearing life and in the background there is this essence of divine love always there. It doesn't actually matter what we do or what anyone else does. We are always this love held in love as love, safe, whole. So 
true forgiveness in The Course in Miracles is about when someone does something to us that we recognise that they are still held as love, as Christ light, you could call it that, because they haven't really done it. This is a dreaming. And likewise, we haven't really done anything. And the immense benefit of this that I am recognising more and more is that when we realise that other beings, no matter what they've done, no matter who they are, are worthy, they are innocent, they are not guilty, they are continuously held in Christ love, in light, then we will also recognise that we are worthy of the same. So in other words, when we learn not to judge others, to hold them as love, divine love, Christ light, we will also know that that is what we are. So it brings us home to love. It's why Jesus said, hold your brother as you would hold yourself. It's because, I know that weren't, those weren't the words he used, but you know what I mean. It's, it's about, that was about healing us, not about healing another, although it does heal another as well, which is beautiful. So this doesn't mean, by the way, that in the life that we're experiencing that we can't set very clear boundaries, leave a toxic relationship if we need to, um, even if someone has been you know, terribly abusive, report them to the police or make sure that you know, they are kept out of harm's way. Of course, all those things are really important and we need to live the life that will keep us safe and living in a wholesome environment. So this is, what I'm talking about, this true forgiveness, it's an internal thing. It's, it's how we learn to change the way we are thinking about a certain situation. And it does slowly also change the way we are feeling about a certain situation. And I've been practicing this now for many years and, you know, holding others as Christ's love, as divine love, no matter what they present to me and I'm not perfect at it. I, you know, I still get it wrong sometimes or it takes me a little while, but it, I know it is bringing me home. I know it is healing me. So because I am believing and able to rest more and more in that light, you know, because I know I am worthy. In fact, what I really am is divine love. And I know that that's what all of you are as well. So this teaching of true forgiveness is fantastic you know and I've been so blessed to witness Isaira as a guide living that in every moment so I'm going to use an example because it will make it clear and I'll keep using this example for the rest of the talk so let's say we've grown up with one or two parents that are highly critical, perhaps even physically abusive at times, forever making us feel as a young person that we're not okay, that we're not good enough, that we don't fit into the right box, that, you know, we'll never become anything. And this, of course, has created a real sense of, you know, anxiety and I'm not good enough and fear and and because of that, and there's a lot of hurt too, of course, a lot of anger and resentment towards this person. 
And if we were to spend our life really holding on to that, it's just going to create a continuous sense of contraction and pain and anger. If we were to work on holding this parent in the same way that spirit or you could imagine someone like Jesus would hold them, which is with absolute love, unconditional love, that really what they really are is divine love and this is just a dream. What we would start to recognise is that we are also that, we are also held as that. And those of us that have been traumatised by others, of course we have also been we have also created trauma for other people because from our pain and our fear we have done things hurtful to others. And so it's about recognising that all of us are still held as this divine love no matter what we've done. And the other thing that starts to happen when you, when you start to do that is a deep empathy arises. So we may recognise that our parent only cause that trauma because they had a lot of their own pain, immense pain of their own, immense feeling of separation, lack of love, a lot of fear. And when we see that and we recognise that they were acting out of all of that unconscious emotion, they were not really in control, to be honest, and we were just the person in the way. It also helps us to realise that who we were always has been lovable and perfect and okay. That we were just copying the projection of that other being who was caught in all their pain and their fear. And all of us, both the parent and ourselves, are always still held as love in love. The Course in Miracles also says that any act that is not a loving act is a cry for love. And that is true. That is the case for all of us. Anything that we do that is not wholesome or that is hurtful of another is really just a cry for love. It's a belief that we are separate from source, from this divine essence that we are. So that's what we can do to work on adjusting our thinking and our feeling. And it's a very, you know, it's a slow process, a gentle process, and that doesn't mean that if we're having a day where we're just feeling all the hurt come up and all the anger come up, that we judge that in any way, not at all. And we have to treat that with absolute compassion and gentleness, and I'll talk about some more tools around that later. So... It's always about acceptance of ourself, acceptance of others, acceptance of the past. It's a slow, gentle, loving, kind journey. And in the next section, I was going to talk about addressing our current life. And this is hugely important. And so let me just use an example for this. So say in our example where we had a parent that was highly critical and or perhaps physically abusive, and it left us feeling like, you know, we're not an okay human, and that leaves us with a lot of anxiety. And so just imagine that in our life, in this moment, we're not 
stepping through fear. So we feel a great deal of anxiety and fear like that often makes us avoid. So let's say both on the work front and on the relationship front, we uh, have a tendency to avoid because we're scared we're not good enough. So we tend not to put ourselves out for relationships, perhaps an intimate relationship or maybe even friendships. Or we tend to push people away because we're scared we're going to get rejected. And maybe in our work life, maybe we're in a job that we don't love, but because we don't feel good about ourselves, we don't want to, we're too scared to, you know, step back and try something that would be more fulfilling because fear is limiting us. And when we're caught in that situation, there's often a lot of anger and dissatisfaction and, you know, this sense of I'm not good enough in the world because I'm not performing in my relationships or my work. And when we're feeling like that, of course, there's always going to be a tendency to want to blame elsewhere to say, but I'm only like this because of what happened in my past. And so the opportunity is to let go of the blame, both of self and other. In fact, to start being incredibly compassionate towards self and gentle towards self. So recognizing very legitimately that the past abuse or trauma did create a lot of anxiety and a lot of sense of I'm not good enough and a lot of fear and to see then that fear with great kindness and compassion but to learn to start to gently step through it so to figure out how am I going to small step by small step work on reaching out to other people for relationships perhaps to work on friendships first taking small steps it might be you know just reaching out to a person that we think is kind that we could get on with quite well or it might be in intimate relationships just being a little bit more open a little bit more willing to meet people and be available and then if you know past trauma comes up and we get scared and we notice that tendency to push away to just simply notice that with compassion and stay hanging in there or with our work to take a step even if it's a tiny step towards doing something that might be a little more fulfilling. And if we start to address and face our fear and we do it compassionately, and I'll talk more about that with the tools later on, then there's a starting, a growing sense that we're learning to live again. We're learning to embrace life. We're learning to grow and even if we're feeling very vulnerable a lot of the time because we're facing fear, that we are doing it. And quite naturally then that goes with a letting go of having to hold on to the past. So moving on from trauma doesn't only mean learning to hold a certain situation with love and kindness and compassion and true forgiveness. It also means working on the conditioning that that trauma created in our current life and starting to step through it. Because if we let ourselves stay stuck in the conditioning or the fear in this case that was created by the trauma, then we're always going to want to stay stuck in that continuous blaming of what happened in the past, which will keep us stuck. 
So now I'm going to talk about um, the tools that we need to start to move on from these patterns. And uh, there's been a lot of talk, you know, in recent times about how past trauma creates various um, patterns in the nervous system that then when something comes up that reminds us of our past trauma that we are very naturally triggered and it's very hard to control that triggering. And it really does require, this is what requires a lot of practice, quite honestly, and a lot of learning how to calm down the nervous system. So first of all, I want to say is the, a key ingredient is self-acceptance. Because if we are being triggered by something and then we are saying, oh, this shouldn't be happening, what's wrong with me, I'm a terrible human, we are simply recreating the trauma and we're also not only are we doing that but we're activating the sympathetic nervous system again and all that tension and all the adrenaline and cortisol and the things that we don't want so to notice that you get triggered with great compassion and acceptance any anger that comes up any hurt that comes up to hold it honestly with loving acceptance so number one acceptance because acceptance in itself and love in itself calms down the nervous system. Whereas resistance or self-judgment or fighting against it will only reactivate the nervous system. And not only that, but of course self-judgment is always going to spiral us into further anxiety and depression. So a key ingredient, compassion and acceptance to self, no matter what is happening. <laughs> But then, of course, there needs to be this honest willingness to look at what is happening. What are the situations that do trigger me? And then very compassionately, and this is just not with a lot of harsh analysis. In fact, it's better often to, to just sit in presence when you notice you've been triggered by something. To Once you get through that, to sit in presence and to let it come and you will have some recognition, some understanding, oh, yes, of course, that triggered me to greet it with compassion. So there does need to be self-reflection, ability, and ability to see ourselves just honestly, to see, you know, the kinds of things that trigger us and what it is in us that's being triggered. So we're taking responsibility for our side of every situation or every meeting with another. And then what are the tools that will help to just calm the nervous system? And you all probably know these already, but it is so important. And the truth is, if you don't, or if we don't practice this stuff, we just, we're never going to calm the nervous system enough to stop reacting. And I know for myself that, you know, I did a lot of self-reflection in earlier years, and I did, to a certain degree, get better with that. I learned to see what my patterns were. And I learned to hold my emotion actually with compassion, which was really helpful. But I probably, and I was working on meditation, but probably not enough. And I used to find myself in times of real pain, still being reactive. And it wasn't until I really started meditating, being in nature, practicing breathing exercises, that that ability to calm the reactivity really, really lessened. And my healing increased exponentially. So what are the tools? Um, 
first of all, breathing exercises. And I have to say, Isaira's alpha breathing here is is fantastic. And you can find that on her website. It's isaira.com. And it's where we slow down and lengthen the exhalation because that stimulates the parasympathetic nervous system. So it really calms down the body, calms down the stress hormones like adrenaline and cortisol and calms down our thinking, calms down the tension. It's it's just an incredibly important tool is to learn breathing. And there are many breathing techniques that will activate the parasympathetic nervous system. And I've heard from many different directions, not just Isaira, that long exhalation or long so deep breaths full stop, but long exhalation really activates the parasympathetic nervous system and calms us down. And I should just explain that the sympathetic nervous system is the flight or flight, the adrenaline one, you know, the one that we've all got a little bit too much of. And the parasympathetic nervous system is the one that calms us down, that slows down our thinking, that relieves tension. So breathing exercises, particularly slowing the exhalation, are incredibly important and we have to get good at it. So do it daily and then it will be there available to you in a moment of crisis or a moment of triggering. Another thing, of course, is meditation. So to do the breathing and then as a part of that also to go on and do meditation. It's just a learning to calm the mind. Often when we sit in that space of inner beingness, because we do learn to get to that over time, we naturally develop this ability to do the true forgiveness, like I said. A natural acceptance arises a natural self-love arises and patience and we often gain insight what's a wholesome way forward. If we're caught continuously in this busy mind, we are not creating the space for our spirit to guide us. So when we meditate and we slow down the thinking, we access what is divine love, the essence of what we are, And that will be both incredible insights, wisdom. It will be naturally loving. It will bring with it deep empathy towards ourselves and towards the other. So meditation is a real key. Let me also say being in nature. And I'm just going to describe this beautiful experience. You know, the earth, Isaira says we are born of the earth and I feel the earth as that essence of divine love that we all are. And just yesterday I was at the beach and I was wearing my long cotton sun clothing, as I always do, but cotton, you know, the earth can get through cotton. So I was walking barefoot along the beach as I do very regularly. And I lay completely on the earth, just, you know, my whole body, my back, all lying on the sand And for a moment I felt myself tense up as though, you know, will she receive me? You know, this sort of fear of connection with the earth. Am I lovable? (laughs) You know, because the earth is, it's like, well, for me, it's like the essence of that divine love. Like Uluru is the same, the trees are the same. And it's almost like I was putting myself out there to be loved. And when I recognized that and I let it go, I felt just this sublime love that the earth is. It's 
make me feel emotional, but, mm, you know, it's like nature is not caught in this fear that us humans are caught in so much. You know, it's closer to the essence of source that we are. And that love, it's sublime. You know, it's completely unconditional. And so I was lying there just feeling love, you know, divine love. And so I've just got to say to you, even if you're not accessing that depth yet, just get your bare feet on the earth, sit on the earth, sit next to a tree. It will pull you into this presence space and it will help you with your trauma and your triggering. It is just such a beautiful thing. It will also help you with your emotion, by the way. And while I'm talking about that, I do need to discuss how do we deal with it when our fear comes up, our hurt comes up, our anger, our rage comes up. And there's this, Isaira has this thing called the Shakti Shake, which is fantastic. And, you know, we do need to release this energy. Emotions are energy. And so it's about doing some deep breathing, having a good shake of the body and really just growling, screaming, crying into a pillow, jumping, doing whatever you want to do and just releasing some of that energy, seeing the emotion as energy. It comes, it goes, not judging it ever, totally accepting it. And very regularly when I go down the beach, by the way, and I did it yesterday as well, is I dive under the waves and I just scream and I just let out anything that feels like coming out. And it's not that, you know, it's not about analysing, oh, am I angry or what's wrong with me? It's just simply a release of the tension that we all are exposed to in others, by the way, and also our own as well. It's just a release. So that's a really useful thing to do when we've got a lot of you know, energized emotion. But also with emotion, sitting in nature is beautiful, but it's simply just bringing it to presence. So you do your breathing like I've already described. Just observe, just witness the emotion in the body. Even if you just spend five or ten minutes a day just noticing it, you might notice a feeling of contraction, you might notice tension, it might you may notice that it's sadness, the actual feeling Sometimes we can know what the feeling is. Sometimes we don't even know. We just know that the body's tense. And all we have to do is just honestly observe it and be with it with great compassion. Not so much analysis, just presence. And this is the way forward and this is the way to healing. And there's just a couple of other things I'll mention, although there's probably things that I've missed. But one is a willingness to be vulnerable, to find some close beings whom you can share your deep stuff with, your feelings, your challenge, your pain, and also the willingness to ask for support when you need it. You know, vulnerability is a gift. Unfortunately, the world teaches the opposite, but it is so not true. And the other thing Isaiah says vulnerability is the hinge on the gate to great power, and it's like as we open ourselves, as we open ourselves to others, others that are that we can trust and build a bridge with, or we open ourselves to spirit, what starts to happen is spirit will start to flow. We feel the support of divine love. 
And this journey, you know, to awakening into love, for me, there was great vulnerability in those final months, you could say, of opening to spirit in meditation. But the rewards are immense because once you do, it just starts to flow. And even, you know, small amounts, even when we're first beginning meditation, a little bit of quietness and you will be receiving the energy, the love of spirit. Even if you may not notice it at first, it will be there. You'll just notice that you're a little bit calmer. Or I've had many clients say that, you know, when they start to really consistently meditate, that they're just, they're not so paralyzed by their fear, that they seem to be, you know, getting a little bit more done. It's not about rushing to get things done, but more just they're centered rather than their mind running away and all that, you know, anxious energy draining activity that goes on in the mind. So vulnerability and the last thing that's come to me is more time just being silent. You know, turn off the TV sometimes, turn off the radio in the car, get off social media. And in that process, you know, that in itself is a process of you know, unwinding the sympathetic nervous system and turning on the parasympathetic nervous system. So just more time in silence. It also naturally creates room for for you to hear your own inner wisdom, your own spirit. So I think that's enough for today's episode of Spiritual Psychotherapy and I hope that will give you a little bit of insight and guidance when it comes to moments of trauma. So I just want to let you know that I offer individual therapy. I also offer group therapy. I do have regular meditation workshop happening at the moment and there may be others in future. And this podcast is always available for people to send in questions or to let me know a topic that you would like to have discussed where you can actually do a live podcast recording. And all this information is on my website, which is livingawarenesswa.com. And I also have a Facebook page and just started an Instagram page as well, um, which is also livingawarenesswa. And I highly recommend Isaira, and her website is isaira.com. And I would also love you to share this podcast with as many friends and family or workmates as you possibly can and to push follow or give me a like as that helps other people access this podcast as well. Much love to you all.